Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? Me, homie. I know. I'm popping. I know it's kind of hot outside. I shouldn't have worn this. No, I'm popping like, I feel like my belly oh. is, is protruding through my shirt you and the buttons are going to pop. You ate a lot? Well, I'm wearing a freaking like back brace type heat warmer Spanx. It kind of feels like I'm wearing Spanx, but it like it goes around my lower back and ties around my belly. A girdle, kind of like a girdle, man. What, what is Getting it? old sucks. Playing in that in that old man's baseball league you, that man, you're, you're talking not 16 about. Sixteen anymore, man. You can't go for those triple plays, man. Hey, can that, of corn, can of corn in the outfield. Yeah, I don't think you go for a triple play. If you get one, it's like. A rare occasion, and if you hit into one, you're a total loser. Oh, you hit it out of the park, it's a, a it's touchdown. A, it's a home run. Yep. Oh, it's and not. Then, and then you don't hurt yourself because then you can jog around the bases. Well, now I see baseball runners. What do you call them? Base runners? They Base wear runners. mittens on their hands to not stub their fingers. That's cute. Yeah, that is cute. That's uncalled for. terrible. No, I um, it's what happens when you're old. I was injured. Uh, the pitcher tried to pick me off. I was leading off on first. I didn't like dive back into the base. I, I literally took three steps, not even like fast steps, just three like little jog steps, put my left foot onto the bag. And when I did so, then I felt my whole lower back go just like that. I think you're Ricky Henderson or something? Well, I was Ricky Henderson. It's interesting you say Ricky Henderson. My team is the A's, right? So we're wearing our green yeah. jerseys because we were the away team. Yeah. I didn't have one. I didn't have two, nor three, nor four. I had five Home stolen bases. What? Yes. Five stolen bases. Is there a pitcher? Is he not paying attention to what's going on? Truth be told, look, ever since I lost those 35 pounds after doing 75 hard, I'm a little quicker. Okay. Okay. And at 43, I may be old to most of our listeners. I'm young oh, you're as it young pertains guy. to oh, this mm. uh, to this baseball league. Okay. The catcher had a weak arm. Mm. And I'm one of the younger, more athletic people out there. And I just lost, I said just a couple years ago. Right. Lost, you know. Couple so, LBs. I, like the like the catchers like throwing to second base sails way over it's in the outfield. Nah, it just doesn't get there in time. And the pitchers were really slow to the mound. Really? Like even the lefty who had a really good pickoff move, he was so slow that once he committed, I was halfway to second by the time the ball got to the catcher and the catcher had no way of throwing me out. I was stand up every time. Bulk. Yep. All right. So, so good stuff, Dio. And you know, you know I had this half marathon at Disney in January. So I'd happened to run 10 miles on Saturday as part of my training. Mm. Then I went and played baseball on Sunday. And this old man's body is not built yeah, to do that not shit. not built for two-a-days anymore, man. I, stop trying to make varsity. That's my new thing. You got all these old men out here playing church leagues. Like, yeah, I'm working out, straining. Like, yeah, I'm my, it's, my, it's my best. I lifted. No one cares. You're not trying to make varsity anymore. But John is good for my brain. And if it's good for my brain, then I can come on this podcast with guys like you. And spit knowledge. And I can spit knowledge because I feel good about myself. I'm all right. banged up and I'm hurting pretty bad. Right. But mentally, you're playing mentally through I'm injuries. at the you're I'm playing at, through injuries, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm at the top of my game mentally. Okay. Because I'm working out because I have those positive uh, mm -hmm. endorphins going. The dopamine's rushing through my, my, my system. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I feel good. Mind over matter. you got to trust your mind. I have to trust my mind. Yep. So uh, we're going to do some, some listener requests uh today yeah and i think a lot of what we do and I, I i'm proud of this and this makes me super happy that it's you all who are tuned in right now on youtube or it's you all that are tuned in right now on spotify or apple or google play or stitcher or wherever you go to listen to podcasts the same people who are liking us and sharing us and giving us a thumbs up and a five-star review the same people who are commenting on youtube 
right? The same people who find at the Loan Officer Podcast, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. or you're hitting me up like Dustin Owen, the dude on LinkedIn, and you're giving us feedback, you're giving us also suggestions for future content. So we appreciate it. We appreciate yep. you following us on our social platforms. Yep. We, we appreciate you interacting and more importantly, kind of being the muses yeah. for, for future episodes. Well said. So we hear you mm -hmm. and we do our best to deliver. Now our queue is growing. So there's certain things that we just won't be able to get to for a few weeks. Yeah. We still want to do our interview series. I mean, we're getting ready to, to in January, hopefully kick us off with like several hundred million dollar producers, a guy who two years in a row has done over 500 units, mm. a lady who is crushing only three years into the business. Right. Like we're, we're hoping to bring some really solid guests as well as people outside of the industry. Um, we're going to redo some of our earlier episodes. Like, holy cow, I was just on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I had to scroll and scroll. And scroll, scroll and scroll. And I finally got down to the bottom. And here's what I realized. Look, there's some episodes that we did early on that if you don't want to listen to, I don't blame you. I don't think I want to go back and listen to them. They're not that bad. But there's others that I'm like, damn, that was a great topic. But maybe we need to redo it. Maybe people aren't scrolling all the way to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Maybe when they when they clicked on it, there was no video. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like a lot of times the mic too early on was terrible mm -hmm. audio, audio quality. Mm -hmm. So we want to redo them. So we're going to be doing that as well. And then we're getting a ton of requests about scripting. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can tell you about scripting. We want to give you as much of this as we can. But I'm going to encourage you to check out almost every episode. If you listen and listen intently, it's like next to impossible for me to do an episode and not go into a script. Right. And to not like just, you know, Role give you something that you should be regurgitating or swiping and adapting. We've done several episodes on whether it was like cold calling, sucks, yeah, get over it, yeah. or scripting for success, uh, where we've we we go into scripting, but we'll continue to try to bring you scripting, and maybe when we have tloponline.com fully um, on blast, yeah. right, fully operational. Right now, if you went there, you could probably see us. Most things are locked down, mm -hmm. so it's not the full site; it's a shell of itself. But maybe once we have that for our premium members, mm. we can do some kind of a, I'm gonna spitball this, John, but you taught me, what about the universe? You just put it out there. If I put it out there, it'll happen. Yeah. So I would love to see us do some kind of like a half an hour webinar for just our premium members, mm -hmm. uh, where we could just make it interactive and live. And the viewers slash listeners could bring us mm -hmm. where they're struggling with scripting wise. And then I don't mind spending a half an hour of my time. What an idea. And yeah. I, mean, I don't know if we do that on Facebook Live. I don't know if the website itself can host it or if we have to just send out some kind of a webinar invite mm -hmm. to just those that are members of the website. Correct. You and I will have to figure out the logistics. Maybe we'll loop in Dennis Miller. But I wanted people to know that we do plan on doing a lot more with scripting going forward. Word. All right. So today, though, it's going to be a little bit of scripting, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's just not necessarily sales scripting. Mm -hmm. But it's scripting because um, I wish you had it pulled up, and I don't know if you do. What's that? But the the actual title. Yeah, communicating the, the actual title. Yeah, communicating without breaking your client's trust. Perfect. So basically, the listener had reached out to us like, "Hey, look, how do I give status updates to listing agents and buying agents without breaking my client's trust?" Right? There's certain things that we can't share, mm -hmm. and I try to answer the best I could via text which is I'm like speaking generalities. Yeah. But like, what does that really mean? 
And then as you and I were doing our prep, which is usually somewhere between 300 and 400 seconds, <laughs> it's usually when you're setting up the lights and the cameras, I'm asking you, hey, John, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, hey, these are your options. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. And then we chose this one to mm -hmm. talk about. And then you also wanted to know, um, you asked me questions. And I'm like, ooh, hold that for the show. Yeah. Do you remember what they were? Yeah, keep going and uh, they'll come to me. Keep going yeah, and they'll start. Yeah. yeah, it was more. And I told you, okay, that's great, John, but that was more of like the front end. Right. Uh, oh, I know what it was. You're like, yeah, Dustin. Like, what do you say when a client doesn't want to give you their social security? All right. Number? You build. You built. So, uh, newer loan officer, I went out with this client, build a great rapport, great amount of trust. But when it gets down to like, I have to ask them for that sensitive information. I don't like doing it. I feel icky about it. What's the best way to approach that? Because I spent a lot of time building this trust, but how do I take it to the next step and get the documents without feeling um, invasive? Perfect. I think let's start there because that's very much ground floor. Okay. But then let's talk about how do we give feedback to the various parties to the transaction, whether it's a title company or whether it is the buying agent, who is usually the person who referred the loan officer or how do we uh, discuss it with the listing agent? Okay. Right. So we'll, we'll end with that. We'll start with yours. Okay. Okay. So I'm a newer loan originator mm -hmm. and I have someone that was referred to me. We hop on the phone call. The phone call is going well. Maybe I'm answering some basic questions about myself, my company, or more importantly, my prospective clients, mm -hmm. financial needs, wants, and goals and what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, we're ready to move forward. And I need to start asking them for things like their social security number, their date of birth, their address, proper spelling of the first and last name, yeah. and then letting them know, hey, didn't pull your credit. Yeah. Oh, what? You need to do what? Yeah. I don't know if that's what it is. is. This was an issue for me early on. Really? It was, yeah. Like, oh, oh hey, uh, hey, John, John, I need to pull your credit. And they're like, what? I need to pull your credit. Look, it is what it is. So what I'm going to encourage anyone to understand going into it, and this is easier said than done. It is what it is. I have to pull your credit. That's my job. That is my job. Your doctor has to weigh you. Hmm. Who likes being weighed? Not many people that I know mm -hmm. like to be weighed. Although I did see this really big lady at Publix. Mm -hmm. If y'all don't know, because you don't have the public shopping market, is a shopping market? I don't know, supermarket. Supermarket yeah. in your footprint, which it's mostly all of Florida, Georgia, and mm -hmm. a little bit of the of the Southeast. Mm -hmm. It's the best supermarket ever created. Luxury. Hey, y'all up in um, you know the Osco Jewel. Uh uh. Have you heard some other right. some of these other Albertsons? Uh uh. Oh Sweet Bay. Shout out Sweet Bay. Cash I, and Carry. That's back in the day. Yeah. Food Lion. Have no idea. Giant Eagle. Big Y, I can name a ton. Safeway. Stop and shop. Yeah. Look, <laughs> none of them are Publix. The one thing that Publix has is they had like this old school really? scale. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this big lady just hop on it like she owned it. Did she own it? She, Ooh, she broke. about broke it. Yeah, I know. You, you break it, you buy it. Yeah, but I was proud of her though. Yeah. Like I was honestly proud of her because there's so many men and women that are like probably fit. Mm -hmm. And have this like warped sense of what they're supposed to look like. Right. And they're like embarrassed to get on it. And this lady was like, owned it. YOLO. Yep. How do I get on weight? Oh, weight in the doctor's yeah, office. The doctors, if I'm a doctor, I'm yeah, going to take your look, blood. I'm going to yes. do stuff that's not really, you don't like, yeah. but I have to do it if you want me to yes. properly help you. If you committed a crime or maybe you didn't commit a crime, but you were charged or committed a crime and I'm your attorney, I need you to open up, man. John, I need you to tell me everything. Right. Every. If I'm going to defend your ass. I need you to don't leave anything out. Correct. Everything. Right. Like. 
I think it's our ability as a loan officer to be an educator, to be an advisor, to be a consultant and say, hey, ma'am or sir, please understand in order for me to do my job, here's just, here are some things I'm going to need to do. I'm going to need to verify your income. I'm going to need to verify your assets and I'm going to need to verify your credit. But they need to understand why you're verifying their credit. Most people are afraid to, to ask the question because they themselves aren't knowledgeable. Ma'am or sir, I need to verify your credit. It's not just your credit score, but it's also your body of credit. It's not just your credit score, but it's also your credit use and your history of using credit. It's not just your credit score, but it's also what your monthly liabilities are. And you may or may not know this, sir or ma'am, but there are three different credit repositories, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, and all three have various credit scoring models. Mm -hmm. Well, we use a credit scoring model that is particular to the mortgage industry, and we're going to pull all three. And we're going to, yes, we're going to use the score, but we're also going to look for other information. That information very well are things like what your, what your monthly obligations are, as well as what is your history, right? You could have a 770 credit score, but if you've only had one credit card that you've had for seven months mm. and a student loan that's been in deferral for the past three years, your score is great, but your body of credit is pretty suspect. Right. But you could have a 660 credit score, of which point you've had seven car loans, never missed a payment. You have a student loan that you're paying on plus three credit cards and you've never missed a payment. Your body of credit's great. Your credit score is average, but my job as your advisor is I can help that 680 increase their score. And I know that the underwriter is going to love the body of work where the 770, there's a good chance that the underwriter may be a little bit more, more um, restrictive on underwriting your mm. file because you don't much of a body. So I want to be an educator. Like I want to at least give that information. So yes, early on when I didn't really know what I was doing and I was trying to figure it out as a professional, I too was a little bit worried or scared to ask someone to pull their credit. My encouragement is never be. It's part of the process. And if you let people know that upfront, hey, look, John, at some point in this process, in order for me to go forward and issue a pre-approval, in order for me to do my job for you, by the way, by the way guys and girls, this is scripting. What I'm doing now is scripting. In order for me to do, John, what I need to do for you, there are certain things I need to do. I need to verify your income, verify your asset, and I need to verify your credit. In order to verify your credit, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you for your name, your social, your date of birth, and your address. That will allow me to pull your credit. Once I have your credit report, I will let you know what your credit score is, and I'll even review the, the items on your credit report. Hmm. Is that good with you, John? That's Say not, yes or yes. Yes, yes or yes. Say yes or yes. Yes. By the way, use that. Thank you, Tim Davis, for introducing me to say yes or yes. Now, I'm pretty sure Tim did not bring this up because my I was telling my wife about it. My wife's like, oh yeah, I have uh, the lady at the gym who does the, the spin classes. Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna increase the uh, resistance mm -hmm. up by two. Are you okay with that? Say yes or yes. But I loved it. I heard it for the first time mm -hmm. last week. Yeah, so John, are you okay with me pulling your credit? Say yes or yes. yes. All right, beautiful. And then I just move forward. Like, I just move on with it. It is what it is. Do you think borrowers, when they get asked that question, some of them, are they like ashamed? Are they like, they don't want to give the information because they're like, oh, they're going to see how bad Look, in John, in order for me to, I, yes, to answer your question, yes. But I have to just circle back. This is where I don't say anything new. I just repeat what I've already said. Right. Hey, John, in order for me to do my job to the best of my ability, the, the, the ability you need me to do it, this is, this is necessary. Like, this is what I have to do. Now, if I still get resistance, I'll let people know, like, look, it's going to cost my company 48 or $62 to pull your credit right now. We're not going to ask you to pay us for it, right? 
we don't want to spend this money, John, but we also don't want to do, do you wrong. So we're going to, this is something we need to do. Oh, but my credit score is going to go down. Like, look, we've had people like Credit Christie mm -hmm. and Mark Teta on the show before. And I have learned that, sure, a hard credit inquiry may very well lower your credit score by three points. But look, I got to do it. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. In order for me to do my job, I have to do it. Now, for most people, it may drop you from a 687 down to a 684. You're in the same bucket. Yeah. Like, we operate typically in, like, 20-point buckets, meaning 661 all the way up to 679 is the same bucket. You know, it's yeah. like... Mm -hmm. Now, there could be someone who is a 621 and we dropped them down to a 618. <sighs> Conventional financing requires a 620 just to be eligible. Okay, the good news is I can probably look at your credit report, tell you to pay down that one gas card by $200, do a quick rapid rescore and get your, your credit score right back up and maybe even higher. Right. You know, so look, it is what it is. So if you're an originator and you're struggling with that, don't. Like, don't struggle with just let people know it is what it is. It is as as factual as my doctor needing to ask me to fill out a three-page questionnaire, take a photocopy of my driver's license, a photocopy of my insurance card, weigh me, take my blood pressure, um, and, and, uh, poke prod. Yes. <laughs> like that's what I got to do if yeah. I want to do my job properly, right. which I'm hoping you're coming to me to like, cause I'm going to do the job properly. Right. So like that is that, that's can you good. think of anything else on the front end? Like if you were an originator that you struggle communicating effectively with your client or mm -hmm. someone within I, what I think when you said that, I think they just wait too long. They build a relationship. And then when they get all buddy, buddy, then they hit them with that brick of like, Hey, no, man. uh, uh, no. And, and I, if you were in my coaching program, if I had a coach, <laughs> I like, program, I said, well, I if like, we don't by the way yet, <laughs> yet, yeah, right. yet. Yeah. but if you're in our coaching program and that's the first thing I'd, I'd tell you to do is like, you have to figure out how to get to the, nuts and bolts of whether or not you can help somebody within 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with you spending 15, 20 minutes to like stake your claim as you know what the hell you're talking about and people should use you. Mm -hmm. But at some point I can't spend two hours with you if you're not going to qualify. Right. right. That's putting the cart before the horse. Right. And I'll, I'll let people know that, right? Like at some point I have to run my business. I can't let my business run me. And when I'm running my business, that's taking control of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves a piece of me. Some people deserve three minutes. Some people deserve three hours. Right. Right. That's for me to determine. Right. And if it's three minutes, I'll give you my, the best three minutes of your life. Mm -hmm. If it's three hours, I'm going to give you all three hours. Mm -hmm. But don't go spending an hour or two hours with somebody if you have not pulled their credit. Now, eventually, you'll get really good at your job. And look, you'll make some judgment calls and you'll be spot on. Mm -hmm. But there's always that one-off. There's always that outlier. There's always that outlier where you thought everything was going to be good. And homeboy or homegirl had no idea they had a $75 medical collection that, that popped on their credit report yesterday. Mm. They forgot that their student loan that they thought was in deferment came up for renewal and they're now 90 days late on their student loan. Uh -uh. Right? They forgot that their mortgage lender put them in forbearance, although they didn't request to be in forbearance. Mm -hmm. Now that could be an issue. They, they forgot that they were in forbearance. They were coming out of forbearance, and now they've missed their first mortgage payment. Like, yeah. like that stuff happens. When I'm talking to someone about pulling their credit report up front, like I tell them those stories because I have been burned. Right. Like, ma'am or sir, I'm not looking to go and spend fifty or sixty dollars of my company's money mm -hmm. if I didn't yeah. find this to be necessary. Have you ever been in a situation where a borrower has 
intentionally withheld information from you to try to get like yes. a fast one over you and like at the yes. end. Yes. Makes no sense. It's like a a convicted no, a not not convicted, mm -hmm. a um an incarcerated person who's going to trial not disclosing everything to their attorney. Mm -hmm. It just makes no sense. It, it's like I used to do this as a younger person. When I chewed tobacco, like I didn't tell my dentist. Like who what what? He won't know I mean, if he, I don't tell he him. He won't know if I didn't tell him. Well, guess what? Let's say, let's say he wouldn't know, which, by the way, they do. Yeah. Like they saw the stains. They could see the, mm -hmm. the, 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 red, in, the red in the gums. Yeah. Uh, but let's say they didn't. They wouldn't then have the reticular activator turned on to look for certain warning signs of oral cancer. Right. What good does it do? Like, like, if I don't tell my dentist, does that mean I really don't dip? I really don't chew tobacco? And so, yeah, in your own mind. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, right. like like if I'm having certain symptoms and I don't tell my doctor about them, and those symptoms are leading to to some kind of like a terrible cancer, mm -hmm. like well, all cancer is terrible, yeah. but like, do I not have cancer? Mm -hmm. No, I'm just not being treated. Right. So yeah, it makes zero sense. But yes, I have had clients do it. It's on me as the originator to when I'm building that trust, I need to be able to explain this to them. I am their attorney. I am their advisor. I am their dentist. I am the person who is right. here to advocate on their behalf, but I can't advocate on your behalf if you are not you know, being forthright with all the information that I'm going to need. Right. And look, if you think I'm going to need it, ask me, hey, do you, need, do you need to know about my life insurance? Nope. You know what, John? I don't need to know about your life insurance. Mm. Hey, do you need to know that I actually pay this person $600 a month because I lost a lawsuit? Uh, yeah. Yes, I might yep, need to know yep, about that. Yeah. Yep, I do need to know about that. Right. Because that's probably going to be a liability that the underwriter is going to catch the minute we submit your bank statements. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, your debt-to-income ratio is not a 39, but it's a 47. And I need to make sure that you qualify at a 47% debt-to-income ratio. Mm. So, yes, these are all scripts. These are all conversations I should be having up front with the client. Now, here's the kicker, and here's where the real question came in from our viewer slash listener. How do I convey this messaging mm -hmm. to the referral source, mm -hmm. right? This particular client was, was referred to me by a builder or, or a realtor. Right. That realtor or that builder is very much my client too. I am in a partnership with them where I am invested in their ultimate success. In fact, when I picked up the phone and I called that person two years ago to build that relationship, I'm pretty sure my script went something like this. Hey, John, this is Dustin over at Waterstone Mortgage. How you doing today? Good. How are you, Dustin? Fantastic. Hey, is now a bad time to talk? No. Perfect. Hey, real quick. The reason why I'm calling you is because Heidi over at First American Title was raving about you last week at the Mortgage Bankers uh, Association Conference. Mm. I told Heidi that my job is to help realtors sell more homes. And I asked her straight up, who are some of the best realtors you work with that I could help sell more homes? And Heidi gave me your name and number. Look, John, you're a realtor. I'm a lender. I want to meet with you to discuss how I can help you sell more homes this year. How does next Tuesday or next Thursday for lunch sound? And if lunch doesn't work, I love coffee, right? Like that would be a script I would use in order to get uh, someone to meet with me. Mm -hmm. I made sure I name dropped and I tried to make it a warm call and not a cold call. Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to call realtors and schedule appointments. So I may have three weeks ago just started working my Rolodex or my my uh, contact list on my cell phone. Rolodex is old school. Contact <laughs> list on my cell phone is new school. Mm -hmm. And I started calling everyone I know, and I told them, hey, Heidi, you're my friend. As my friend, can you help me? Cool. Hey, Heidi, can I count on you? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hey, my job this year 
is to network with 50 realtors that I didn't already know and help all 50 of them sell more homes. Heidi, who should I be talking to that you know? Right, that was a script that I used. Mm -hmm. Now that I've built my network of referral sources and they're referring me people, they're my client. We had some heart-to-heart -heart conversations where we agreed to work together and they just referred me someone who's a 580 credit score. Mm. How do I properly let that realtor or that referral source know that they don't qualify? Mm. How do you think I do it, John? By staying, uh, damn, most, speak in generalities. Yeah, I need to speak in generalities, but here's something I could say. Hey, John, thank you so much for referring Mindy over to, to us. I had a chance to talk to Mindy and I definitely feel like there's gonna be some opportunity for her to purchase a home. It might not be right now though. It might not be right now because if you remember, conventional financing requires a minimum credit score of 620. And we're gonna need some work to get her there. That's all I had to say. You don't know what Mindy's credit score is. You know what it's not, you know it's not a 620. Right, but, but I don't feel like I have broken Mindy's confidence. Mm. Right? Let's say Mindy doesn't qualify because she's self-employed. Same exact thing goes. Hey, John, thank you so much for referring Mindy over to me. Hey, look, at this point, due to how Mindy does some of her accounting with her business, we're not going to be able to actually fully pre-approve her until after she has completed her 2022 business tax returns. I anticipate she'll have those done in about March of 2023. So what she's going to need to do is go ahead and renew her lease. I'm going to put her in our in my 31-day prospect follow-up system, and I'm going to re uh, reach out to her probably about nine months from now mm -hmm. and check in on her, and I'll make sure that I do get her pre-approved and I kick her back to you. Do you know anything about Mindy's income? Mm -mm. How much money she makes or doesn't make? Nope. No. All you needed to know is that at this time, due to the guidelines as it pertains to calculating her income, we don't have sufficient information. Right. And if I get pressed, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just give me, come on, man, we're friends. Just give me the score. I just need to know because I got another buyer that really wants it. And I just need, I'm trying to compare scores. So I just, just tell me. Well, John, at this time, I don't have that permission from Mindy to speak openly and candidly with her. I'm sure if you want to follow up with her, like she'll tell you everything that, that we talked about. But what I can tell you right now is she doesn't meet the minimum requirements for the loan program that she would qualify for, mm -hmm. right? That would be if she had bad credit or if I, if, if her income isn't sufficient, you know, she currently can't prove sufficient income to qualify for what she's trying to qualify for. Right. Are there any laws like that? You know, the patient confidentiality that lawyers and their people have the same thing with doctors. Is there like any, any laws for loan officers? Like, Hey, you're not, it's against the law to share this type of information with anybody. Are there any like laws written in stone like that? I'm sure there are. Okay. Yes. You know, that little designation hanging on the wall right there. <laughs> right. Oh, you that know, thing? Oh, the that hours thing? and hours and hours that I spent. Right. Yeah. Is it under Tilla? Is it under Humda? Is it under Reg Z? Is it under um, ECOA? Is it um, under oh. the Fair Credit Reporting Act? Damn. So yeah, John, I, you know, you're putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> no, is it yes or no? Is it yes or yes? Yeah, yes, yes or yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Like like yeah, there there are definitely no now they're not as my understanding. Mm -hmm. They're not as like, on the, on the medical profession. Like that's like some real right. deal Holyfield stuff. Yeah. Like ours aren't aren't quite like okay. that. That's what yeah. 
okay. where you're going to violate something and right. it's, it's going to be, but yeah, you have a consumer complaint. They can go to the NMLS and, and, and definitely file their complaint. Okay. I'm sure if there was some kind of a, like if it was done maliciously and it was done habitually and it was, you know, there, there could be some massive fines, maybe even some government entities refusing to do transact business with your organization. Okay. I've never read any case studies where it was like that. I think a lot of times it just ends up being a, um, a consumer yeah. issue that you typically settle outside of okay. the courts with maybe, um, you know, some kind of a financial compensation for the wrongdoing. Okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's like one of those things that don't be a dick. Like you, you got a job to do, you have a way to, to relay information, but you do not need to speak in finite information. Mm. And if you ever feel uncomfortable, let, let the referral partner, Hey, look, I don't be, I don't feel that comfortable letting you know what I can tell you is they have provided all the information to me that I need to make a credit decision. And at this time they're not going to qualify. Mm. I can say the same things like this. Like, look, the issue is not credit score. Hmm. Hey, the like credit score is is great. Well, what is it? What's the problem? Can you tell me? I just need just let me know. Look, at the end of the day, when when I look at what they're trying to accomplish with this purchase based on the assets they have disclosed to us, based on the income that we've been able to to verify, at this time they don't meet the parameters of the loan product. Hmm. You're like, I don't I don't need to tell you their DTI is 65 because they've gone out and they've purchased a second home condo at the beach, plus they have the primary home, plus they have two cars leased, plus he just bought a new boat and she got an RV. Yeah, plus they still have their student loans and they have $30,000 on an Amex. You don't need to know any of that. All you need to know is, hey, look, it's not a credit score issue, right? It's, it's not necessarily an income issue. Just know at this, at this standpoint, they're not gonna be able to, to qualify based on all the information they've given us. I have given them some tips and some tricks and some tactics that they can use to put themselves in a better situation. Basically, I told them to pay down their effing debt. Go get a part-time job. You mm -hmm. know, stop spending money. Mm -hmm. Sell that beach condo. It just went up in value by like 100 grand in the past 12 months. Use that 100 grand to wipe your slate clean. Mm -hmm. Now, if the buyer gave me permission, I'll ask for permission. I will 100% ask for permission. I'm talking to you, John, and you're a home buyer. And you referred to me by Susan over at EXP Realty. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, John, look, Susan and I work as a partnership. Now, I don't work for EXP Realty. She doesn't work for Waterstone Mortgage. When I close your loan, I get compensated by Waterstone, and I cannot share any of that compensation with Susan. And same thing goes when she sells you a house, EXP compensates her. I get none of that. In fact, that is illegal for us to share compensation, yeah. but we definitely work as a team because she knows how to, how to market and sell real estate really well and negotiate contracts on behalf of buyers. And I know how to finance homes really well. And we each need each other. She needs home buyers and sellers and then, and, and which, which she can bring to me. And I, I bring to her what she doesn't have, which is the ability to get them financed. Right. So working as your team, it'd be great if you had gave me permission to speak openly and candidly to Susan because that allows us to work together better. And I'd give an example. So for example, don't know if you've ever yourself worn braces or if you've had any children that you've had to go to the orthodontist to have braces. But if you notice that works really well when the orthodontist can speak to your general dentist, mm -hmm. right? I don't know if you ever had to have like a certain surgery, but you probably mm -hmm. started by going to your, your general family doctor 
they refer you to a specialist and then those two have an ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. Kind of works in my, my world the same, right? And there's other people that I may need to communicate with, like your CPA, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on how you do your taxes, right. you may just want to give your CPA permission to speak to me directly, your financial advisor to speak to me directly. Mm -hmm. That way we can get on the phone as industry experts in our, in our field of study, geek out and not have to bother you mm -hmm. in the middle. Sometimes it would just be easier if I can speak directly to Susan about, you know, things like your ability to qualify. Do I have your permission to do that? If they say no, it's no. If, I, if they say yes, I'm like, perfect. Please know that that conversation is just, just going to stay between the two of us. I'll make sure that I stress to Susan the importance of her not sharing information with anyone else. And I'm going to advise you to do the same. Like what people don't know, this is a true story. My wife's friends throughout the years, when I help them with a financial transaction, usually, you know, a mortgage to purchase a home, they just assume I go home and talk to my wife about their shit. Can you believe what Susie B's credit score is? Oh, my goodness. Pillow talk. No. Well, so what will happen it makes my wife feel all awkward. Like she'll run into her girlfriend like three months later and, and my, the girlfriend will just, just start opening up about their personal business to my wife. And my wife looks at her like she has like three or four heads <laughs> and... She's like, well, I'm assuming Dustin told you everything. No, Dustin did not and tell me everything. And my wife's like, no, I don't go home. And that's just, yeah. no. Hmm. I mean, even with my spouse, I don't do that. Right. You know, and, and I wouldn't advise that. Now, I can go home and tell my spouse stories about clients never use their name, never use the the their their exact employer, their exact, you know. I, mm -hmm. And I would encourage people to talk to the realtors that way as well that are involved or the home builders who are who are also involved. We can speak in generalities. Like let's let's think about other uh, other avenues you have. Let's say assets, right? A they, they don't qualify. They don't have enough assets. Well, I don't need to say, hey, they only have five thousand dollars in their checking account, <laughs> right? Now, oh, they do their banking with uh, Truist, and their last four are seven 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 three, and their balance only shows four thousand three hundred twenty two dollars. No, but I can definitely tell someone, hey, at this time we have not been able to verify sufficient assets for them to close. At this time, we have not been able to verify sufficient assets for them to qualify. Hmm. What's wrong with me saying that? I haven't told you anything about them. All I'm letting you know is about the loan. This loan requires a certain dollar amount of assets. That listing agent and that seller does not need to know if the loan program requires no reserves, two months reserves, six months reserves, or 12 months reserve. Mm -hmm. They don't need to know if, if this loan program will allow us to use 401k funds as reserve assets or not. They don't need to know if there's a $50,000 large deposit that I can't source. And that's really the reason why we can't qualify. Right. Or the borrower told me verbally that it was their money. Now I'm realizing it's a gift. And because they're buying this home as an investment property, investment properties do not allow gift funds. They now don't qualify. They need to know none of that. But what I can tell them is that they currently have not been able to verify sufficient assets for closing. Let's say I'm going to be delayed because there is a large deposit because I need to wait for not the bank statement that comes out on the 31st, mm -hmm. but I need to pay the paste of the, the paste of the bank statement that comes out on January 31st. Mm -hmm. All I can say is I, John, I have good news and bad news. Bad news is we're not closing the end of this month. The good news is this loan is going to close but it won't be ready to close until the end of next month because I need to go through the proper channels of verifying the borrower has or the buyer has sufficient assets. I won't be able to do that until the end of January, not the end of December. Again, 
I don't do not see how I have violated any type of privacy with mm-hmm. my client. I'm just stating the facts as it pertains to this transaction. Mm-hmm. Not talking about who they do their banking with, how much money they have, none of that. I haven't even told them how much money they need at closing. They don't need to know. What they need to know is they currently have not been able to verify they have sufficient, and I will be able to verify that at this date. I mean, I can do the same thing over and over. Income, credit, assets. Those are typically the things that that, that hang you up. Let's say the person had a foreclosure that we knew nothing about. It wasn't disclosed in the loan application, didn't show on the credit report. And I just had an oh shit moment. Oh shit. I wrote a pre-approval letter. They used that pre-approval letter to get the offer accepted. Now, Mm. now the underwriter is telling me that we're not going to close because it's only been six years and 10 months since the foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the foreclosure was not included in a bankruptcy, which by the way, for conventional financing, had they included the bankruptcy, the foreclosure in a bankruptcy, there's a good chance we wouldn't have to wait seven years. It's a good chance we don't have to wait the four years of the bankruptcy rule. Just a little FYI for anyone who's geeking out at home on their loan programs, products, and guidelines. All right, but here's how I could explain that to a listing agent specifically or a buyer's agent or a title company or anyone else who's involved in this transaction. We call them stakeholders in the industry. Mm -hmm. Any stakeholder would be this. Hey, there's some things that have come up in underwriting that weren't disclosed up front and they didn't show in the credit report. Unfortunately, those things are going to make it to where this person is not eligible for a new loan until April 7th. What do you know about this particular home buyer, John? Anything? Mm-mm. You know nothing. Mm-mm. So, yes, there are definitely ways that we can give solid updates to stakeholders involved in the transaction without breaking our client's trust. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a little bit of scripting. And that's a little bit of role playing. And hopefully it's what our listener and our viewer was requesting. We'll attempt to do more and more as the weeks and the months and the years go by. We will be able to utilize tloponline.com when it finally is launched by the end of this year to continue to push out more content, maybe content that's a little bit more concise, Mm -hmm. broken down into either one minute or, you know, 15 minute clips. We'll have a message board where people can hop on and get interactive, but we appreciate the suggestions. We'll continue to keep on pushing out content. Um, this book's going to stay on. Yeah, please. Someone the, send I mean, us. Hey, Malcolm Gladwell is getting lots of love right now. The book is outliers. It's Free an amazing pub. book, but it's going to stay the centerpiece until we hear from you all, yeah. our fans, the listeners, mm-hmm. what should we replace outliers with? And more importantly, send it to us. Send it. 2699 Lee Road, Suite 600, Winter Park, Florida. 32789, John. Hey, that's how they would do it. (laughs) Okay. That's how they would do it. But hey, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. We will catch you on the next episode. Peace.